Well, happy Wednesday to you guys again, or Thursday, or Friday, or Saturday, whenever it may be that you are tuning in to watch this video. We do hope that all of you are still doing good and finding ways to actually be productive. I know some of us are struggling at that point now where we've pretty much done everything that we've wanted to do, and life is starting to get very, very unproductive and also fattening at the same time. So we hope you guys are staying productive. And I know I say this every week, but we do miss you guys so stinking much. Life is certainly not the same for me and Ashley with you being absent from it. And I want to share something with you real quick that just came out of my Bible reading today. I was in Genesis chapter 4, and it's the account of Cain and Abel. And if you're familiar with it, you know, it's early on in creation. Uh, Adam and Eve come together, and they have a couple of sons. They name them Cain, Cain and Abel. And they're out in the fields working one day, and they bring offerings unto God. And it talks about how God wasn't necessarily satisfied with Cain's offering, but he was fully satisfied with Abel's offering. And you might think God's playing favoritism, but Cain didn't necessarily bring the best of what he could have when Abel did. And so after all that happened, you know, the story, Cain ended up murdering his brother Abel. And after it happened, God sent down a punishment on Cain, and Cain became worried that if someone found him wandering around, that they would end up murdering him too. But God told him it's not going to be so, and if they did a worse vengeance would come upon them than even what came upon Cain for what he did to Abel. But it's what Scripture says next that caught my eye. It says, And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Well, we don't know exactly what the mark was, uh, but we know it was apparent, it was obvious, and it was noticeable that people could see it. If they were to see Cain, it would be an obvious thing. And it got me to thinking that in the same way the Lord marked Cain, we should be marked as well. As believers, we're marked with the Spirit of God. Uh, we should be marked with lives of love. Uh, we should be marked with peace. We should be marked with joy, patience, self-control, endurance, compassion. All these things should mark our lives as believers. So what marks are the people of this world seeing on you guys, especially during this time of trial that our world is in? So just some food for thought as we get started tonight. Let's jump back into our series we've been in called Life Lessons. Uh, we continue tonight with what I think is probably going to be the best one out of the whole group, and that's episode three, uh, which is identity over status. So many people, especially now, are tempted with being status seekers or what I would call clout chasers. And your college and young adult years are a particularly tempting time uh, to fall into this trap. A lot of us during these years are drawn into building or attaining status for ourselves, and that might come through athletics, it might come through academics. It might come through a career choice or a job field. It may be even Greek life if you're involved with that or SGA or just general popularity through social media or any other means like that. And it's a trap that me and Ashley uh, somewhat fell into as well as some of our life support members mentioned as we asked their opinion on some of the things that they would go back and change if they had the opportunity to. So we're gonna take a few moments and just share kind of what our lives looked like during our college years and what we sought to gain status through. So during my college years, I think I've already made it pretty clear during the previous messages that um, I definitely had an issue with status seeking. And I've described my college years to be summed up by what I was doing, which I allowed to dictate who I was. 
And so I've already told you, my freshman year cheerleader, that was the status that I was seeking. That's what I wanted other people to see me as and wanted to be known as. And then sophomore year was sorority girl. And not just your typical member, but um, I ended up filling in for philanthropy chair. So I had an exec position, which was more status seeking there. And then I had um, the last two years of college, obviously I was a nursing student. And so that was who I was and what I did. And um, and probably the most important one was that um, I was the girlfriend of a college athlete and not just any college athlete, like a really, really good one. So oh I wanted goodness. people to know that for sure. Um, I just, I really struggled with, I had no confidence in who I was and I never believed that I was enough or that I was important. So in order to fill that void and to try to counterpart or counteract that, I felt that I had to prove myself by working and achieving all the time. So for me, once again, it goes back to my athletic career during our college years. But, you know, like we mentioned a few moments ago, it could be any number of things. You know, for you, it might be Greek life. It might be a career choice. You seek your status in the way in which you have chosen a career to pursue because you think it's going to give you clout. You think it's going to give you uh, notoriety. You think it's going to bring you recognition or give you a, a certain level of status amongst culture or society by your career choice choice. It could be a social media following. Uh, you know, I don't think any of us would at first admit to that specifically, but a lot of us are kind of obsessive by the amount of followers, the amount of likes that we have on our social media pages. So maybe those are the means through which you're trying to attain status. Uh, but for me, it was, it was my athletic career while I was at UNA. You know, it was all about how high of a level can I attain to, you know, whether it be through awards or accolades, whether it be setting records, while I was there, newspaper articles, interviews with, with the magazine on campus, you know, just the popularity and the notoriety that came with all those things was what kind of validated me and what I sought to build my status upon. And to me, those were the means by which that would happen. You know, people in the community knew who I was. Uh, one reason was because we've grown up here. Uh, I played baseball and, and sports at Central High School here locally, so people knew me from that. And then when I went to UNA, you know, it kind of just became a larger platform to land upon, but we'd be out in public and strangers would walk up to me and congratulate me on the game or congratulating me on a recent award or something like that. Me and Ashley would be at a restaurant and somebody would say something. She'd be like, who is that? And I'm like, I have no idea. I've never met those people in my life. And parents would call, uh, want me to give their kids pitching lessons, you know, and I don't say all that to, stroke my ego or pat myself on the back. I say all of it was because it's going to set up what we're going to teach you as a lesson that we learned later on in life. But, you know, all those things were happening. I was getting all this attention. I was receiving all these accolades. And to be honest with you guys, in those moments, I loved every bit of it. It was addicting to me. But the lesson that life taught us is that status is a temporary description, but identity is an eternal definition. That's why our encouragement to you guys tonight is not to spend all of your effort building your status, but developing your identity, mm -hmm. by which we mean in Christ. That's why we say identity over status, because status isn't it. Identity is where it's at, and we would both collectively agree we wish we would have done that during our college years. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I really wish that I would have gotten a grasp on that then, and I hope that you'll get a grasp on now the fact that Christ defines who you are. Because if not, this status-seeking, always wanting more, needing more, needing to prove yourself is going to follow you into every single stage of life. So for now, it's college, and it's a career. And then, ladies, it's I need a ring and a fiancé, and then I need the title of a wife or a title of mother, or, oh, I'm just a nurse now. Well, I need to be a charge nurse, or I need to be a nurse manager. And it just it's never ending. It's going to go into every single stage with you. So if you can really grasp who you are in Christ now, it's going to it's gonna change the path of your life. Yeah, and I wish I would have spent more time and more effort into understanding and developing my identity during my college years instead of going after what we said earlier. Status is a temporary description. And so I'm going to explain this to you more fully. It'll come back around full circle before we're done uh, with this lesson tonight. But I, I found that to be true the hard way. And we don't want you guys to find these truths by going through the hard ways to get there. We want to save you the trouble if we can. And identity is an eternal definition. It's something that doesn't fade away with a season of life. And so, you know, identity is something that we put a, a lot of attention towards here in this ministry and here with you guys because we understand the importance of how life-changing it can be to fully understand and grasp and develop your identity in Christ. And I think a lot of our leadership team would tell you the same thing. Uh, they wish they would have spent more time developing this at a younger age instead of waiting to get to where they are now to really begin to grasp these deeper truths of who they are in Christ. And you know, a lot of people see college and their young adult years as an opportunity to recreate themselves. You know, I... Me and Ashley have had talks before about if we would go back and do high school again. And a lot of people are just adamantly like, no way. I hated high school. There's no way I would ever go back and do that again. But we both agree that we would. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a fun friend group. We had some yeah. good times. We made some good memories in high school. We dated. Yeah, we did plenty of things <laughs> that we shouldn't have and got into things we shouldn't have just like anybody else would. But overall, high school was a fun experience mm -hmm. for us. But for a lot of people, we know that's not the case. Right. You know, you didn't have a very good friend group, if any friend group at all. In high school, maybe you were bullied all through high school. And, you know, for those of you, your status right now could be how you've plotted revenge to one day become those people's bosses. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a lot of you wouldn't go back and redo high school. And so when you get out of high school and you escape from all the high school drama and all the mess that you had to deal with back then, you see college, you see your, your career, your young adult years as an opportunity to kind of recreate yourselves. And this is when status can be a big draw. This is when status seeking and clout chasing can become a big temptation for those of us that find ourselves in this area. But when we commit to developing our identity in Christ, over building our status, it places who you are over who you're going to be. So when we elevate status, our college and young adult years become all about a career. They become all about a job and that's kind of how it is when you're first thrust into the college scene right as soon as you get onto the campus people are asking you and pressuring you to pick a job pick a career pick a degree path and you're trying to make these decisions and so for a lot of us these years instantly become all about that one thing picking a career path that will develop a job that will then provide a living and so we seek our status through those things who am I going to be what am I going to do with my life but as believers who we are shapes who we're going to be, yes. not the other way around. Christ lives in me, so now I'm holy, I'm set apart, I'm redeemed, I'm restored, I'm chosen, I'm adopted. Paul put it this way in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. 
He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So because of who I am in Christ, I'm going to be a doctor for his glory. I'm going to be a lawyer for his glory. I'm going to be a nurse for his glory. I'm going to be a teacher for his glory. I'm going to be a coach for his glory. I'm going to be a bank teller for his glory. I'm going to be a custodian for his glory. So when we say identity over status, this is one of the things that it encourages in our lives. It elevates who you are over who you're going to be. And so during your college years, during your young adult years, this is what you spend your focus on, who I am, not necessarily who I'm going to be, because who I am in Christ shapes my decisions, shapes my focus, leads me down the path of who I'm then going to be. So when we're committed to developing our identity in Christ over building our status, it places what you have over what you lack. So status will always fixate your mind on attaining the things you seemingly lack. And fixate is a big word because that's what it does. When you develop, but when you develop and you understand your identity, you see all that you have, not all that you're lacking. So Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And 2 Corinthians 8.9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. So we've been given every spiritual blessing through Christ every spiritual blessing and through his becoming impoverished we through him became rich those are big words every blessing became rich if then we've been given all these things through Jesus what else is there for us to attain to you know I think the obvious redundant rhetorical answer to that would be nothing Mm -hmm. and that's why we stress once again identity over Status. Status always has your mind fixated on the things that you seemingly lack, whether it be, why don't I have that house? Why don't I have that car? Why don't I have that career? Why don't I have those finances, these expenditures? Why don't I have these materialistic things? Why don't I have that relationship? Why don't I have that kind of following on social media? All this kind of stuff will drive you crazy trying to attain to. But when you understand your identity in Christ, you see all that you have. You've got every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms that have been parted to you by Christ. Uh, you are rich, even though you might be poor by worldly stand- standards. There is no such thing as a poor Christian. We are rich through Christ, and those are things that we need to have instilled within us and that we need to develop within our spirituality so we don't go chasing after the things of the world. And lastly, you know, when you, when you elevate identity over status, it places all you actually gain over all that you might lose. And I'll explain that a little bit more after I read this passage in Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. Paul's writing to the Philippians and he says this, For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to Zell, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth 
of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Paul was more than happy to lose his status in comparison to what he gained in Christ. And I think that's because he understood what his identity in Christ was. You know, for me, going back to my athletic career and what I sought to build my status upon, I want to just show you a little bit of how obsessed I became with that and how I began to form not just my status but really my identity upon those things because for me it used to be as far as an introduction would go and this is just a hypothetical thing because you look at what Paul says here and he says okay we want to boast we want to want to talk about all our accolades and talk about all our achievements and all the things that we've accomplished like you guys are doing then here let me give y'all a little rundown of all the things that I've accomplished in my life and he goes through like this laundry list of all the things in his flesh that he had accomplished he's like so y'all want to play the status game y'all want to see who has clout in the room then let me give you an example of some of the things that I've done. And for me, I can see this in my same life. So it used to be, okay, hi, I'm Trey, four-year pitcher for the University of North Alabama, two-time all-conference, two-time academic all-conference, all-South region, college baseball lineup, Division II all-star, four-time GSC pitcher of the week, NCBWA national pitcher of the week, career leader in innings pitched and strikeouts, second in career wins, and individual program record holder for the most wins in a season. There's my accolades. There's my status that I had built up for myself. But I was more than happy to lose that status in comparison to what I have gained in Christ when I truly began to understand who I was in him. So now it's high, I'm Trey son of the king, a chosen, holy, redeemed, restored, blessed, loved, pardoned, grace-covered, blood-bought, spirit-filled, servant of the Most High God. So yeah, uh, we're in agreement that we'll take identity over status any day. And that's our encouragement to you guys as well, that you would start developing and understanding now your identity in Christ instead of working to build your status in a career, in a job, in Greek life, in athletics or in academics or any of those other things that get thrown out in front of you, all of which are fine to enjoy, all of which are fine to pursue, but they do not build your identity as a believer in Christ. Your identity is built upon his word and the definition that God has given you of who you are through his son, Jesus. Remember, status is just a temporary description, but identity as an eternal definition. Let's pray together. God, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for giving us a new identity. We thank you for forming us into new creations through your son, Jesus. And God, my prayer for these men and women as they're tuning in, as they're listening to this, God, is if they do find themselves throughout these years trying to build a status, trying to attain to a status, God, that you would just reverse that and that instead they would work on developing and understanding their identity in you because it's so much greater. Uh, Those things will pass away. Just like Paul realized, all these things that he had gained in his flesh were nothing in comparison to gaining you. God, the same way for me, just like all the things that I had gained in my flesh, uh, when I opened up your word, God, when I truly began to see who I was in Christ. Those things were nothing in comparison to you. 
And they may bring temporary satisfaction. They may bring temporary fulfillment. We might enjoy them for a little while, but they'll fade away. And God, only one thing is eternal, and that's your word. So I pray that we would build our lives upon your word and the description of ourselves that we find there through your son, Jesus, God. And we thank you for taking us from a life of former ignorance, from a life of being enemies of your cross, and placing us within your family, God, and setting your seal upon us and setting your spirit within us. So as we go throughout these next days, God, help us to walk in your love and to walk in your truth and to be a living, breathing example of Jesus to this lost world around us that is in so much pain right now and so much hurt and so desperately needs to see a true hope, a true peace, a true joy amidst some of the darkest of days uh, that our world has seen. God, give us the opportunities uh, to be your hands, to be your feet, and to be your voice. And may we be faithful, obedient servants when those times comes to stand up, proclaim the good news of your gospel and your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for his glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through his word here at Life.